Hi and welcome to a special episode of our Experiencing Consciousness podcast. We are Roxana Erickson, Catherine Rossi, and I'm Jan Dipa. We are so happy you are here. Do you want to start with the unconscious topic? Sounds great. Sure. Okay, so I would ask, the, the the natural question would be to ask you what is unconscious to you or how, or how do you understand it through the lens of, I don't know, novel neuroscience or uh, anything else. But I'll just say that I just, like, there are people who say that there is the unconscious mind or the unconsciousness and they refer to it as if it was a person or um or some some entity that has its own life and the way uh, i mean you know way of thinking and everything else that as if it was somehow independent and there are on the other hand there are people who actually say that you're not supposed to refer to those these processes in such a way to uh, to 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 make it sound or look like there is another person or something like that and they 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 then say that we can only say that there's something like the unconscious processes so that's one distinction that i've met with and um there are like advocates of both sides so what do you think I think that the conversation of debates and differences and impressions and what Catherine thinks and what I think and what you think and the confusion about it, I think that makes a really fascinating discussion all of its own. Okay, so who would like to start? Maybe you can start and tell us what do you think, and then we can kind of refer to it somehow and see what's going to happen next. I would enjoy starting <laughs> with, to me, the word unconscious is one of those messy terms in the English language, because if you ask me, you ask one of you, you ask a doctor, you ask a man on the street, you're going to have all over the map a lot of differences about what does the term unconscious mean. And even in a medical setting, to an anesthesiologist, an unconscious patient is very different than to a neurologist or to a psychotherapist. And so there is so many different distinctions that one has to be very, very precise in the way that they express what it is they're talking about. But to me, in the therapeutic setting, the word, the unconscious mind, refers to the reservoir of life learning that one has accumulated over their lifetime of experience. So every experience that one has from the moment they are born throughout their lifetime, I believe it's encoded in the cellular chemistry of the being, of the soul of the being, 
that that experiential wisdom within is what I refer to as the unconscious mind. Okay. Well, that's really beautiful, Roxy. A short definition. <laughs> well, I um, there's a difference between the brain and the mind. And I think that when you understand that the brain is this something you can hold in your hand, um, that I'm very interested in the spaces in between. You know, there's so many, you know, so many spaces. It, it um, I'm trying to remember the term of, of uh, what it used to be called. But there was this, this thought that, well, nothing happens there. That's just empty space within the brain. And yet they find there's all kinds of communications that go on within that empty space that they're discovering more and more about it. And at the very least, there uh, is an electricity. There's electrical impulses that um, go you know, in between all of those spaces. And so when you talk about you know the brain and then you talk about the mind i believe there's more flexibility in how you discuss the mind and depending on what state dependent place that you are you're going to experience different things in your mind if you are um watching a sporting event that you're really excited about and then someone asks you to repeat the alphabet, you're going to look at them like they're out of their mind because you can't think about the alphabet right now. You're just interested in your team. I think that's a really, you know, and so like two concrete things and yet you're in a different state of mind. And um, the way that um, um, Milton Erickson called it is to be a special state. And that can mean any number of things. And he did believe that there's this lifetime of learnings that is underneath all of that, that you can access in a way that's different than your linear mind. And so it got to be known as something other than uh, what we think of as consciousness and in that it's a special state. So this is one of those things that everybody can experience but bringing it into the, the uh, linear words is a lot more difficult. But the point of having these different points of view that you can access within your mind is that you have then a lot more choice points to go with. And of course, when you step out of your way of habitual thinking, you might then have something new that's going to be more interesting, that's going to be more productive, that's going to be more healing. And so it's not just the conscious, the unconscious, the subconscious, the pre-conscious. You can give it all kinds of names, but it's that kind of innate knowing that there's something underneath. And the question becomes, how do you trust it? Which really brings us to the concept of trusting one's unconscious mind, which is one of the fundamental 
precepts of Ericksonian approaches, of what Melton Erickson taught, of what Ernie Rossi agreed with, with what I agreed with, that one must trust their own unconscious mind. And to, to really um, kind of develop that thought, there is an assumption that man has a natural tendency towards health and well-being and to look internally, to look into one's own internal resources, that is where you find not only the desire, the hope of moving in a direction of healing and health, but that is where you find the pathway of what steps need to be taken, what unconscious associations will build that gap on the path for progress or recovery or whatever it is that one is seeking at that point in the life journey. And what happens if someone doesn't trust the unconscious mind and how to gain that trust, how to build that trust if it's not there? And if it's not there, why is that so? And what it means that someone trusts their unconscious mind? The question goes to both of you. Well, I think that, uh, you know, how do you help people to find this in themselves? Mm-hmm. That, um, that you know, that in, in other words, to find confidence on many different levels. It's kind of rare, but sometimes people come in and they do not have an inner observer. And um, for those of us that have always had an inner observer that could simply look at what's going on uncritically, just plain noticing it. And there are some people that don't have that. And, And those people that don't have that, that this idea of unconscious and trusting you know, it doesn't apply. They don't, uh, they, they need to develop first this inner observer. And um, it's often as simple as, you know, well, one part of you can simply observe. What would that be like if you had one part of you that could observe? And the response is usually, well, I don't know. You know, I, n- I never had. I said, well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Why don't, why don't you see uh, why not, if you can can experience that. And then I might give an example of when you're driving a car and you're driving for four hours, the car, and now all of a sudden you look and, and there's your exit. And how did that show up all of a sudden? Where were you? You were someplace else in your mind, even though you were well able to drive the car safely. So there's different qualities of mind, depending on what you're doing, which also then gets into the psychobiology of what it means to be human, that we have times we can pay attention, times that we can't pay attention. And if we understand that, it it gets a little bit better. But to be able to have develop an uncritical part of oneself. So it's not the inner observer that is saying, you know, you're, you're crazy and you're stupid, you know, um, that's, that's not a helpful inner, inner observer. 
Um, but the inner observer that could even say, you know, I wonder if you are crazy. It's a different way of looking at it so that it isn't like these, these, these bold declaration statements that, you know, are, are hard to, hard to deal with. Is that making any sense? Well, it, it makes sense to me that the tool of curiosity is one of the ways of nourishing trust in the unconscious mind. Um, for, for people come into therapy with varying degrees of trust in their own self and developing that inner observer is one tool or technique of looking at work. Um, usually when I'm working with someone, I say, well, turn your attention inward. And then I gather information with their own sense of competency and capacity to do that. And then working from wherever that takes you next. Now, if I'm working with a substance abuse or, or an alcoholic, a drug addict or someone, and they are asked to trust their unconscious mind, well, in their life experience, kind of trusting themselves has taken them astray and they are aware of that. And so this population requires some extra steps at um, becoming familiar with who they are, becoming familiar with the circumstances and the drives and the desires and all those different parts of self, all of which play important roles in being human. And so part of it is to learn an unconditional acceptance of the self. Whatever is in there is part of me. And to fearlessly look at whatever is in there and to accept it and to be curious, well, why would I be emotional or why would I be angry or why would I have these feelings or why would I be so stupid or reckless or whatever but to be curious about that draws one deeper and deeper in to a point where eventually they become comfortable with that process and so one of the fundamentals is turning towards as opposed to turning away. Is trust yourself you're going to turn towards whatever is going on. You have a problem, you turn towards it. You, you, you know, have difficulty in communication, you turn towards it. And so it's a matter as a professional learning to utilize these various techniques and to offer them and encourage the individual to be curious, to turn your attention inward, to accept and to recognize so many times when they did exercise that process and it gave them needed information. 
Okay. Um, I think the the last question that that I may have on that subject today is, um, I mean, uh, Freud said that the uh, unconscious mind is a reservoir of negativity, and that the conscious mind or anything else suppresses in there everything that it wants to avoid. On the other hand, in chapter six, I believe, of hypnotic realities, uh, when Dr. Rossi asked about that the nature of unconsciousness to, he, he asked dr erickson he said to him on one one time in chapter six in the session six of hypnotic realities that unconscious mind will do everything to protect the conscious mind and its integrity so that's the reference now what do you think about that we have a lot of differences with Freud's ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I like that reaction. I mean, the so polite. <laughs> yeah. The, the Erickson Rossi view of the unconscious is that it is a benevolent, protective. Part, part of our whole integrity of the self. And so, I, again, you know, unconscious is a messy word. I already said that there is a lot of misunderstandings and differences and differences of opinion. But the Erickson Rossi viewpoint is that it is benevolent and protective and available to offer guidance in the direction of health, well-being, recovery, and enjoyment of life. What she said. <laughs> Would you, do, do you agree? <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, that that um, Roxy put this so well, and in one of the that. I studied Freud, of course, and um, and appreciate all that he brought forward into the field, and um, um, and I still have a memory of going to his house in Vienna, and um, halfway up the stairs, when you go, there's this beautiful etched glass of of like Victorian, very elegant women. It's just absolutely stunning. And, you know, to go and to sit in his office in, you know, in his home in Vienna or where he was, you know, prior to prior to leaving and, um, you know, really admiring the fact that he was he worked hard to try to figure things out. And he worked with a certain subset of people that um, could afford his services. And uh, and then he developed his way of thinking. And so the idea that there are negative things in the um, unconscious, sure, there's everything, you know, there's negative, there's positive, there's things you haven't figured out, there's, you know, um, uh, how do you smell the, um, uh, how do you smell a flower? Like, you know, I mean, there's all of these things that are in there. And, um, and when you just allow it to come forward it will help you with a little a little bit more insight a little bit more comfort 
and um, and and in this respect, it only what comes up is what needs to come up from the unconscious when you're working in in hypnotherapy, and that's often what's said is you know only what you need to know, only what you need to understand. Mm -hmm. So it is it's it's selective. And that's the protective part of the unconscious that as it comes up and the unconscious, Ernest called it the creative unconscious because it's not stagnant. It's constantly growing and rearranging itself as is true with our declarative memories that when you remember things one way, then the person sitting next to you remembers it. There's all kinds of individuality. And this is what's fascinating. And this is what we as, as psychotherapists respect in the person that's sitting in front of us is that we know that none of us are the same as, as anyone else, but we can, we can learn from one another. We can appreciate these things. And and should I say, uh, in most instances, you know, we can trust our unconscious. I have a saying is called trust, but verify, you know, um, because uh, uh, you want to have both sides of the coin. You might have some sort of crazy idea that comes up from your unconscious mind, you know, verify it, you know, is that true? You could have a memory come up of when you were two years old and went, and this is how you saw the world. Well, it was the way you saw it when you were two. It's not the way that you see it at 42. And so, so um, there is this creative dance that goes on with it. So trust your unconscious, but verify. I'm thinking about the other um, uh, saying that I have in mind, trust your unconscious. It's a, it's a very delightful way of living and very delightful with, way of accomplishing things. That, uh, yeah, so, so that, 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 that's another one that's for, that, that comes to my mind. I like them both. I don't know what, just probably I'll integrate them both. Absolutely. Uh, I always when when someone tells me that the unconscious it's is smart there's always this kind of voice in my head probably probably from my unconscious uh that is kind of a grinch type unconscious mind <laughs> it, it always says when 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 I hear that someone says that unconscious is smart I go always go like it's only smarter than the conscious mind but it on it depends on what you throw in you know <laughs> So it's also important to just develop, right? Both. Well, I mean, the answer to the question is maybe, you know, maybe it's smarter in some ways, maybe it's not in other ways, but you have a dialogue. That's the mm. thing when the unconscious starts bringing things up for you, it, it opens up the dialogue with the conscious mind. And that's where really you can be delighted. You can be surprised. You can find it numinous. And also, you kind of got to verify it, you know, am I on some sort of fantasy in the way that I'm carrying this forward? Or is this something I can can apply in my life? So there's, there's so much flexibility is is basically what it is with, you know, with the unconscious 
And I like, um, you know, what, what Roxy is saying about just be curious, uh -huh. just be curious about it. Okay, so summarizing, unconscious mind, something that is worth to be curious about, something that sometimes may be smarter than the conscious mind, something that is worth to trust, but also worth to verify, something that has a lot of resources and learned knowledge. Is that true? Absolutely. Good summary. Great. Yeah. So thank you for this episode and see you next time. This was another episode of our Experiencing Consciousness podcast. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Jan. You're the best. Be well, be happy, celebrate life.